Amen. Just thinking about that song. It's, it's a powerful song, and uh, it's older than me, so I appreciate that as well. Uh, that this is my story and my song, uh, not because of anything I've done. It's my story, my song, because of what God has done uh, in me. And, and thankfully, it's not because of what I've done, because if it's what I've done, uh, my story's not the best of stories. Uh, what I deserve because of my story is judgment and, uh, and the consequences of my behavior. But because of what Jesus did for me on the cross, my story is one of, of hope and uh, that it wouldn't end in the, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 years that I might have on this earth, my, my story goes beyond that, uh, and that's the hope of salvation, that we, ha- that we in Christ can have eternal life, and, and that our eternal life isn't just to get by, it is in fact rich. Uh, you, you probably hear on occasion, what, what will heaven be like? Right? And will there be animals there? And will, will we have jobs there? And, and there's so many questions that we don't know the answer to, except that it is rich and full. And, and it's not life. You're like, man, it's kind of boring, right? If, if Hollywood made the, uh, the picture of heaven, it would, you'd get bored with it. But that's not what reality of what heaven's going to be like. It, it will be something that we will be excited about constantly and just in awe of. So I'm grateful for that. We are uh, continuing today uh, talking about uncertainty. That uh, here we are now uh, three Sundays into 2023. And uh, we can be sure that there is much we don't know. (laughs) So we can be certain of uncertainty. With that uncertainty, like we discussed Last week, we need to face it with watchful humility. Humility because we need God to face life. We need the support of the church and brothers and sisters in Christ. We need the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit and God's word, scripture. Yet, it's not just to endure But the goal is actually to flourish, to thrive. That's that's actually what uh, God created us to do. And he he put man in the garden and and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And there was this this promise of of human well-being. And even after the fall, that that same uh, command was given to go into all the world and, and subdue it and have dominion over it. And so you kind of have this idea that we're not just supposed to get by, just supposed to survive. And so if you're like, man, I'm just trying to get through. I know some of you are like, okay, the semester just started. I have to get through finals again. I just got to survive. And some of you, maybe at work, you've got some project to do or some conflict. I just got to get through. And, and, and some kind of maybe relationship challenge, I just have to, to endure Yet God's promise to us is not just survival. 
In fact, what he said is that you would have life and have it abundant, have it to the full. We're supposed to thrive in this life. Jesus died on the cross for that purpose, that we would have life and have it to the full. Abundant life is the promise. So then why, if that's the picture, do we face uncertainty with anxiety? Right? There's things that we don't know and our response is anxiety. I think perhaps we misunderstand something about life. You know that it's not supposed to be easy. Yet that's kind of what we expect, that this life, uh, you know, if if I'm doing it right, it should be easy. That's really just a misunderstanding. We grow by being challenged. We know this is true, right? Your muscles get bigger from working them out. You can run further and faster by running further faster. The workout is not the end result. It's the practice. As I tell my students, the way to learn math is by doing math. (laughs) They don't like that. Some of you don't like that. Yet that's the purpose of the assignment, the problem set, the homework. It's the practice. You do it over and over again. You build muscle memory so that when the exam comes, you can do it. I was thinking about it in that context. Is it possible that you can practice being faithful to God so that when the difficult and challenging times come, you know, those uncertain times, when things are really serious, you rely on God and be faithful. You see, that's the goal because the one uncertain thing about life Say it the other way. The one certain thing about life is that there are uncertain things that are going to happen. That's correct. And there are examples in scripture, many of them, where someone is given an opportunity to trust God and they do. And then they're given a greater, more important opportunity to trust God, to be faithful. Peter walked on water before he spoke at the day of Pentecost. Joseph said no to the advances of Potiphar's wife before he became the second highest official in Egypt and subsequently saved his family from drought and famine. We could continue to talk about Gideon and the difficulties he faced under the oppression of Midian. And then he led the armies of Israel even after that oppression. How about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, right? They're stepping up and being faithful. And then when things got really bad, they were able to rely on God. I could go on and on in scripture. I want to look at one specific instance one situation where Jesus gave the disciples an opportunity to trust him. Prove faithful, and then all of the book of Acts happens, right? You could pick any event in the book of Acts for the most part and go, good thing they knew how to trust God. So in Mark 4, starting in verse 35 is one of those instances. Let me start reading. On that day, when evening had come, 
he said to them, let's go out across to the other side. So at the lake and leaving the crowd, they, uh, they took with him and they went in a boat just as he was. And there were other boats with them, right? So they all got into boats and they went out across the water. Verse uh, 37, and a great windstorm arose and waves were breaking into the boat. Not a good situation. I don't know if you guys are much into boats, but water in the boat, not a good thing. So that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern. The stern is the back of the boat. He was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and they said, teacher, don't you care that we are perishing? And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, be peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? All right, there are several things going on here that are really important, right? So I won't take the analogy too far, right? Do you feel like you're in a boat when there's a storm going around? Is that how your life feels? Okay, won't go that far. Uh, because every, all of us, at one point or another, that's what we feel like. Things are really bad. I just want to get out of the boat. I just want to get on stable ground. There's some things that we need to remember, though. First of all, Regardless of the circumstance you find yourself in, remember the Lord is the author of your circumstances. He said it. Let's go out in the water. Let's get in a boat. Let's get out there. They left the crowds and the wind came. Do you think he was in the boat going, I wouldn't have said we should get in the boat if I knew it was going to be windy, right? There's no surprise there. You may have a hard time accepting that God is sovereign in all things in your life. You may have a hard time thinking that God would allow some difficulty in your life, or even more difficult than that, that God brings those difficulties into your life for a reason. You might go, I don't believe that. I wasn't raised that way. That's, that's not my understanding God is good, and therefore only good things come out of God, and so no, no bad things or things I think are bad could possibly be because of him. Yet, is there a situation in which you allow others to struggle so that they'll learn and grow? I have to admit, as a parent, I could think of some. Well, I would let my kids struggle with something so that they grow. Right? The, the, the smallest example I could think of happens, oh, about 35,000 times a day from my 10-year-old. Dad, how do you spell? First of all, my answer is not well. Uh, but the other is sound it out. Right? Whatever the question is, sound it out. Why? Because she will learn better by sounding it out than if I tell her. Definitely if I tell her. If my wife tells her, maybe. She'll learn. Uh, that's one example. As, as an instructor, as an educator, you know, I purposefully give my students things that are hard to do. Because if I give them something easy to do, are they going to learn anything? No. They look at it and they go, 
3x plus 2x, I can do that. Piece of cake. All right, let's make it more complicated. Why? Because you need to learn something. And so we constantly do that. So is it possible that the challenging situation in your life is for a reason that you would then grow? That the older you get, you have the advantage of being able to look back at your life and see those challenging things and go, it wasn't fun at the time, but I learned so much. I, I learned how to trust God better. I learned how to to endure. I learned how to work with people, right? All of these things that are really important. And if you never had that challenge in your life, would you have learned that skill? Would you have learned that you need to rely on God? By relying on God, you learn how to rely on God. And if you never have, will you learn how to do it? And so when the difficult thing comes, Will you turn to God first? Ephesians 1.11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Depending on where you fall, on your understanding of that word predestined, how are you going to take some of the challenges in your life? So I'm not saying, look, this is the, the verse that says we all need to be Calvinists. We all need to, that's not really the point. The point is to understand that God uses those challenges in your life for a reason. And it's the benefit of then being able to look back and say, all those things that have worked in my life have worked for the purpose to make me the person I am today. Now, there's some, some really challenging things in my life. My guess is if you think about it, some of you, you're like, yeah, I've got some of those too. All of those, the good, the bad, and the ugly work together to make me who I am. And so there's not one thing that I could pull up in my past and say, I don't want that to have happened. Because if that hadn't happened, you realize I couldn't even say what I'm saying right now without those events. My understanding of what's going on in my life now, God's word is different because of those events. God uses those for a reason. Now, it doesn't mean that when something really bad is going on, you're going to go, woohoo, I'm struggling, right? That's just, that's like sociopathic. <laughs> no, when those really challenging things are going on in your life, you go, look, this is not good. It's hard, but God could use it. And he does. So he uses even those. And then Colossians 1, 16 and 17, for by him all things were created, you, me, all things, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, in him all things hold together. Okay, so all things are working for a reason. All things. That's, that's tough. Because if they're working for all things, and I say, yeah, we're going to get there to the verse that says for good. That didn't feel good. But that's what happened. All right, so God's working these things. He's, he's working them into our life to make us into what we will need to be. 
at some point in our life. We're better equipped to live then because of what's going on now. But God, isn't there another way? Isn't there another way? Did I really, did, did my parents really need to divorce when I was two years old? Boy, that wasn't a good thing, but I'm part of who I am because of my divorce, their divorce, not my divorce. I don't have a divorce, their divorce. But I'm who I am because of that. My mom is who she is today because of that. And I bet she's a stronger woman because of that, right? There's lots of things that we could look to and go challenging, but God could use. So, so he's the author. Uh, I, I flipped back and forth several times this week, replacing the word author with instigator. But that's never used positively, that God is the instigator. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to use that. I'll say author. That sounds positive. Yet they mean the same thing, that he brings these things into our life to grow us. And the difference is perspective. Can you see how God could use that? The other thing came out of that, that boat trip with the apostles, right? They're in the boat. The storm comes up. He's asleep in the back of the boat, asleep on a cushion. And they're sitting there holding on to the boat for dear life, literally. And he's sleeping. And they woke him up. If he's like me, he's like, why wake me up from a nap? I don't do well with that. And they said, teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And his response is, don't you have faith? What's going on? So much of anxiety that we deal with is due to our uncertainty of what will happen next. But the Lord isn't surprised or concerned ever. Right? So we're concerned, we're anxious, we're nervous, we, we don't know what's going on. Yet God never is. Right? It's, it's that idea, if you're not used to getting up in front of people and talking, just the idea, the very idea of going, you want me to stand up in front of people and talk? Really? Why? Uncertainty. You get anxious. You're, you don't know what's going to happen. What if I misspeak? By the way, I will misspeak. I do this all the time and I misspeak. That's okay. Not that big of a deal. You guys are gracious. And so the Lord isn't surprised at our circumstance like we are. He's like, what's going to happen? God is never uncertain because he's working all things for good so we can trust him. That's what he said. This is Matthew 10, 29 and following are not two sparrows sold for a penny. And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not. Therefore we are of more value than many sparrows. That, I, I love that verse until I read it carefully. Because he knows the birds and he's letting them fall to the ground. That means there's going to be things that go on in our life that feel like falling to the ground. Yet, he's good and he's not surprised. It says he has the hairs on your head counted. 
So, so he is the author bringing things about. He's never surprised by it. And there's nothing too hard for him. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. On the boat, it says, he awoke, he rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. That seems pretty hard, right? That, that seems out of the realm of believability for any one of us to be able to do that. Yet there's Jesus, the author of our circumstance, who wasn't surprised when it happened, stands up and says, be calm, be at peace. And it does. And so there's nothing too hard, right? That, that if he could say to the wind and the waves, knock it off, that whatever's going on in your life, he can say, be calm, be at peace. Now, here's the question. Will he? Sometimes. Sometimes the really difficult things that go on in our life, we spend time in prayer and we ask for reprieve, for peace, and we get it. But there are other times when we say, God, please fix this. Please bring healing in my life. And it doesn't happen. I have prayed for healing for loved ones that then died. How come? He could heal and bring peace. Part of it is because he is working things according to to what he knows. He knows things. He's not surprised by those things. And often I don't know the outcome of what's going to happen from different circumstances. Uh, We were having a conversation driving here this morning about when my stepdad died. And it was not good. And work through over the next week or so as I prepared for the funeral. And I stood up in a church that ended up filling up every seat and got to tell people about Jesus. And I was excited about that possibility, even in a very, very dark time in my life. And I had one of, one of the gentlemen that had worked with my stepdad came up afterward and introduced himself. And he said, he goes, you know, hi, I'm, you know, so-and-so, and, and, and I worked with, uh, with your stepdad, and I just wanted to tell you I'm a Christian, and I've been trying to share Jesus with my coworkers, and you were able to do it to all of them so clearly today. Thank you. I said, look, I don't understand the, the, the reason that happened, right, that my stepdad died very suddenly, and it was painful. And my mom hurt, and that broke my heart that my mom hurt so badly. But even in just one instance, people heard about the hope of Jesus they might not otherwise have heard. All right, look, that day I could walk away going, at least something good came out of that. Now, I don't know the results of that, right? But I didn't do a traditional altar call so I could watch people come forward at the funeral. That would have been definitely, I could have, hey, look, at least I got these people. I didn't have that. But what I know is God knew exactly what he was doing that day. So those people heard the gospel. I I, I later, uh, sitting down with my director of missions, uh, having a conversation. I mentioned him last week. He was a very straightforward guy. 
He said, and he told me, he said, at least the good thing, he goes, they heard the gospel and they heard it clearly. I went, good, because I don't, couldn't tell you what I said that day. But they heard the gospel. So there's nothing too hard that God could work it for good. And so God is good and not surprised. Since nothing is too hard for him, we can be confident in the outcome. Depending on when the outcome comes, right? If you stop too soon and say, here it is, here's the answer, this is it, that may not be the answer. (laughs) You guys know that happens. Like anything, if you stop in the middle of a project and go, here it is, I think we're done, and you're not, that's not good enough. I get it with my students that part way and they go, I think this is the answer. And I go, man, they're like two thirds of the way there. If they keep going, they'll get it. By the way, that answer is wrong. Even though everything they did was correct to that point, right? You can't bail out before the good comes. So he's working for things for good when it really matters. And some things we're not going to know what the good is until eternity. Uh, one of the just incredible accounts that explains this in scripture is in the book of Job. You guys know Job. Job was very prosperous and he was faithful. He feared God. And, and really there's this just amazing interaction between God and the devil about that. And basically it's the only reason he fears you is because good things have happened. What if bad things happen to Job? And he's like, okay, so they, this back and forth, bad things start happening to Job and his kids all die and his animals and his body hurts and his wife isn't kind and all kinds of stuff. And yet Job responds in Job 42 two. he says, I know that you can do all things. And that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. There's nothing too impossible, nothing too difficult. He goes on and and God even says, look, where were you when I founded the earth? Who are you to question me? And and he's like, look, you're right. I get it. And and, and at the very end, he says, in everything that he said, Job didn't sin. Even when he was questioning God. I'm reassured by that. See, nothing's too difficult for him. I'm reminded of of the trip to the beach with my dad when I was little, going out into the waves that were so big and so heavy and so so powerful, and you get tumbled around and afraid you're you're not going to be able to come up. And 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 one time I was like, Dad, what are we going to do? And he's like, Just wait. And the wave came, and he says, Just hold on to me. And I held on, but the wave was so strong I couldn't hold on. Got pulled away. And I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen? And then I felt an arm, a very strong arm, pick me up out of the water. And all along he had me, but I didn't have him. Now again, don't take the analogy too far, but dad was able to pull me out of the water because he was much stronger than me and knew what to do. You see, that's what God does for us. He understands things about our circumstance that we don't. So really it's about perspective. How do we face uncertainty, that anxiety, that difficulty when it comes? Uh, it's about perspective. And so I would, I would ask you to do this, to understand it this way, that every challenge is an opportunity for growth, to growth, for, to rely on God, to grow spiritually. <laughs> Jesus told the disciples in the boat, 
Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? And you know they just hung their heads like, oh no, we were supposed to be faithful there. We kind of missed it. By the way, they had so many more opportunities after this to be faithful. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. They didn't always get it right. They also didn't always get it wrong. So the same can be true for us. And just like my math students that need to be challenged in order to learn, it may be only after the fact and looking back that you can see what you've learned. In Romans 8.28, For we know that all those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. We don't always understand the good. We don't always understand uh, what the good will look like when it comes because we're not looking at the end result. And some things we're not going to know this side of eternity. Thankfully, God does. God knows the end result. He knows what's going to happen even when we don't. And so a couple of things. First of all, trust God. You got to trust him, right? Rely on him. If he's good and he's working things for our good, if he's all powerful, all loving, if that's true, even when difficult things come, they're, they're for a reason. Now, this is hard because there are really bad things that go on in the world that we have to deal with and go, well, God, do something. And we have to trust there's a plan and we're going somewhere with this. I have some next steps for you today. First of all, every believer, we need to acknowledge God's sovereignty in my life, right? That God is sovereign, that he's working things uh, for his purpose. I have to acknowledge that. And then number two, I need to spend time in prayer about the challenges that I face. You see, the Lord isn't surprised when I'm challenged. It's kind of like uh, when I have office hours and the students come in and they're like, okay, there was this one problem on the assignment. I had no idea what to do and everything I tried and the answer's right there in the back of the book and I still couldn't get it. And I say, yeah, 36. And they go, how did you know it was 36? I go, because I assigned it. I knew 36 would be that kind of problem for you. I wasn't surprised. In fact, the reason it's there is so you would struggle with it and then come see me and we'd sit down and work on it together. They feel manipulated. (laughs) But the purpose, there is a purpose, is so we could sit there and do that problem and they walk away like excited, high-fiving each other and stuff. Okay, maybe not that much, but you get the idea, right? There's a reason for this. Okay, they do learn to appreciate me more. All right, so, so if God is sovereign, we spend time in prayer with him who's not surprised, who's all good and all powerful. It's worthwhile. And then he gives us comfort and peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are God, that you are in control, that you are... Uh, good all the time, that you're working things for our good. And Father, that as uh, we, 
really just go through difficult times, difficult challenges, and we feel very much like the apostles floating around in a boat that's being tossed by the wind and the waves. Uh, we can have hope, and, and, and not so much that you're asleep in the boat, but that you're in the boat and you're not surprised. You're in the boat and you're in control. And so much of what needs to happen is our understanding of you being God and not us. Father, we thank you that you are God and that you are working things for good. Give us understanding in really those things that have gone on that, that are hard and that you're using those to make us into the followers of Jesus that you're going to make us into so that we can better serve you, that everything is through him and for him. That's including us. We thank you. Pray that we can trust you better. Give us hope as we head into 2023. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.